Hey, do you constantly struggle with marketing? Well, let me help you take some load off your shoulders. Using Clinic Gym Connect, our new software product, we can help you market to clients in an easy way. And that is, why not just hit up reactivating your old patients? See, these are people that already know you, like you, and trust you and want to come in. And if you just reach out many times, they will say like, I'm so glad you called. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. Just listen to two of our users, Dr. Carsonani from Capital Sports Medicine and his office manager, Mark, talk about this very concept. One of the things that I really measured has been my past patient reactivations. And it's easy to rattle off anywhere between five and 10 past patient reactivations in a week. Then you don't need to market nearly as much. We saw an impact almost right off the bat. I've gotten more than a few where it's like, oh, I'm so glad you called. Like, I saw your text, sorry to reach back out, but it turns out this weekend I went hiking, I went golfing, I did this, I did that, and I tweaked my hip, leg, arm. And it's such a coincidence you reached out. Like, I need to come in. Thanks so much for reaching out. And the first time I was like, all right, that was a coincidence. And then it started happening two and three and four times. And I was like, all right, so sometimes you're putting yourself in a position to be lucky with this. That makes things a whole lot easier, right? When you're just working with clients who have already been into your office. Why struggle with marketing to new people when you've got a ton of money sitting there in your EHR of patients that have already come in? And just like Mark said, it's super easy and people appreciate it so much. To do this, just check out clinicgymconnect.com. Again, that's clinicgymconnect.com. Or hit me up, email me, hit me up on Facebook, whatever it takes. I want to get you set up. Are you a chiropractor or physical therapist that believes in exercise, wants to make some money, and wants to provide the absolute best care for your patients? Well, then you are in the right place. I'm Dr. Josh Satterley, and this is Clinic Gym Radio, where we talk about the Clinic Gym hybrid model, which is combining the best parts of healthcare with active care and fantastic exercise programs to get patients the best care they can while helping you make more money in this game. This is Clinic Gym Radio, and I'm Dr. Josh Satterley. I'm excited for you to be here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Clinic Gym Radio. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Josh Satterley. And today I'm lucky enough to have on Dr. Trevor Shaw. Trevor, what is up, my main man? Not a whole lot. Just hanging out here down in sunny Florida. And yeah, that's about it. Just finished up my shift here at the school. So yeah. Yeah. Well, the school of which you speak is Palmer, uh, Florida, right? The The campus, which by the way, I mean, can you imagine being the president of Palmer and flying from Iowa in the winter down to Florida? You would literally get the bends from how much change, how different those two locations must be, right? You, they always give us a hard time about the tans. They always give us yeah. a hard time about the beach. So, yeah. Yeah. I would love to see. We should do some research. Vitamin D levels of uh, Palmer Davenport <laughs> instructors <laughs> and Palmer uh, uh, Florida instructors. That'd be It would be significant, funny. I'm sure. And uh, yeah. I would probably be, uh, I would probably skew it a little bit because every chance I get to go to the beach, I still run down there as quick as I can. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Well, the reason I want to have you on today is you are, as you, you're at a, a chiropractic university. And I think that those of us out in practice oftentimes, and I know you're out in practice as well, not just uh, instructing, but those of us out in practice, I think we're always wondering and kind of worried about what, what's the future like? What are the, what are the students like that are coming through? What are the graduates like? And, you know, what do they want? Because I think if it comes down to, uh, if you're building a clinic gym hybrid, for example, you're going to need some people working for you. And what kind of talent pool is there available? And um, the good news is the people that we want, obviously those standout stars, right? Nobody wants to hire the, the dregs, but the standout stars are 
they're also the ones that make a name for themselves with instructors like yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, you want to start off by giving a little bit of your background so they know like you're some, you know, badass jujitsu guy and, <laughs> you know, married way or league. Uh, what else? Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of aspects to Trevor that I want everybody to understand. So I'll, I'll kind of start from the beginning. I, uh, I went to a small school in um, Massachusetts, uh, Assumption College, where I played football for a year. Um, they didn't have the avenue I wanted. I, I knew I wanted to be involved in strength and conditioning or physical education in some way, shape, mm-hmm. or form. Um, played football there for a year. Uh, decided the school wasn't really for me. It was a big commuter school and uh, just wasn't clicking with me. So I ended up transferring to Springfield College, um, you know, the original YMCA, the where basketball was invented, where volleyball was invented. And um, it was immediately home for me. Um, I dove into their strength and conditioning program, worked my way through that. I did my field work at Marist College in upstate New York with, uh, you know, it's a D1 program, worked with the uh, football, basketball teams, a little bit with baseball. Uh, Really kind of decided that uh, being in the weight room, yelling at 19 year old kids to squat lower when I was 50 years old, wasn't where I wanted to be. Uh, well, the hours are great. I mean, you get to work basically 4am to midnight almost every day. So that's yeah, cool. exactly. So, you know, and I had buddies who stuck with it and they were getting transferred all over the country following successful teams. And, you know, some of them, you know, got canned with football programs that, you know, were downsizing or whatever. And I wanted more stability than that. Um, I wanted a better paycheck than that. I wanted better hours than that. So uh, one of my best friends from undergrad floated the idea of chiropractic school. And um, we, our first trip to a chiro school was to Port Orange, Florida. And we drove over the bridge. We looked at the beach and I was like, dude, we're doing this, right? And he was like, absolutely. Like, we didn't look anywhere else. So first chiro school, first trip, signed up at Palmer, Florida, um, did my time there. Uh, got out into the field. I practiced for 10 years at various uh, chiropractic rehab places, um, multidisciplinary for a couple of years. Now are we um, saying real rehab or like rehab is in stick those pads on that dude and zap him? A little bit more than that, but not much more than that. Uh, the people not I like cast for, iron rehab. No, no. And in fact, one of the guys I worked for, um, it was right when I went off to do my, uh, SFG level one, the strong first kettlebell certification, the first level, uh, he pulled me aside and he goes, you know, you're not going to get to use those in this clinic. And I kind of shrugged and I was like, why? And he goes, well, you could really hurt somebody. You know, my personality, I kind of fired back and I was like, yeah, if you're dumb. And well, I think he took that as I was saying he was dumb. So my time there was fairly short lived, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I've never been, I've never been much for that, uh, that cookie cutter, uh, kind of, 1980s gloves like go easy don't push the limits like yeah you know i i i i tend to assume people are durable until they show me that they're not you know i'm gonna i'm going to i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt and then we'll regress as we need to um that that thought process has served me and my patients really well because i don't start them out at things that you know are mundane things that they're already good at you really try to find that razor's edge of where they're at and stuff but um you know, going back a little bit, when I stopped playing football, uh, I got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu and that was probably around 2005. And that actually served me really well through chiropractic school because I made my way through the, my entire clinic experience, really just working on guys from the gym. 
Um, I had a bunch of people. Oh, from I thought outside. you were going to say by choking out my clinical instructors and just saying, <laughs> pass me. Well, it's job yeah. security, right? You yeah, know, you right. gotta, you gotta, you gotta set the tone. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, uh, I had a lot of guys from the gym coming in. I was able to get a few people from the outside. So I was really able to get through clinic with, uh, you know, a lot of high level athletes. Um, and it was a great experience. So, yeah. So now I'm here, I'm back at the school. I, um, I worked in New York in multidisciplinary, Tennessee in rehab and multidisciplinary, and then moved back to Florida where I got this job right as they were opening the, uh, this new 10,000 square foot rehab facility. And it couldn't have been better timing. Um, I had my rehab diplomate already set aside and, uh, was able to step right into this position. So it's been great. It's been absolutely great from day one. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I'm glad the path has taken here. So yeah. uh, what is your role currently at Palmer? So you're in this rehab facility. Yep. So I run the rehab and sports performance division of the clinic. So if any patients come in that need either one of those two things, rehab, yeah. or they request some sports performance, they're going to come see me nine times out of 10. Yeah. Um, and the reason I'm, that I kind of... I'm, I'm super excited about these things because like, you know, you're SFG uh, certified, and I'm sure if we go into your rehab facility, there's a lot of cast iron. There's a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of uh, bands that, you know, uh, like, I, I always hate low-level bands and tiny pink dumbbells. Those things just drive me nuts. Yeah. And some people think like, oh, we have a full, you know, full workout. I'm like, uh, you haven't even started, homie. Like, what is this? For you know? sure. My, uh, my rehab area, and like I said, my directors have been amazing. They've pretty much given me whatever I've requested. Looks like a collegiate strength and conditioning gym. We got rogue racks, we got kettlebells, we got sleds, we yeah. got everything. So you know. So the great news is, I don't know if do you know Cody Demac over at uh, Parker. I know the name. Yeah. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a cool cat, and he's uh, helping us out with our live seminars and whatnot. But uh, same thing, he teaches rehab over there, and you go in, you're like, I'm in a weight room, and it's like, yeah. oh no, this is lecture hall, you know, B one four three or something. It's like. No, this is, this looks this like a weight gym. room, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the same here. So and it's great. And you see the, you know, again, going to those bright spots, the ones who understand rehab, the students rather, when they see that stuff and you kind of break through like, Hey, here's what a landmine press can do. And here's why it's so effective. And do you notice that all oh, the, you know, we're not just doing shoulder strength, but the core has to, has to be activated or whatever you want to call that term. You know, they have a strong, stable pillar and, uh, and it, the lights just go on and like, oh my God, this is crazy. As opposed to when I was in school, rehab was mostly ultrasound and E-STEM mm -hmm. and light bands that were so light. It was like that TheraBand that comes on a roll and everybody gets like three feet of it. Yeah. And like, I don't know, maybe you could retrain your eyelids with it strength wise, but that's about, that's about, that's it. about it. Like there's yep. nothing else that could be really, uh, you know, improved with that. And you know, that's really that's really one of the molds that I've tried to break with a lot of the students is, you know, they still, they still think in isolation a lot. And when you give them the opportunity to think in movement and say, mm -hmm. Hey, listen, you know, these are compound movements. I'm a, this, this, this shoulder movement that we're doing here could easily be a core movement for somebody else or a gluten hip uh, exercise for this other person. It's all about the emphasis and the structure that you place on it. All of a sudden the eyes light up. They're like, Oh, wow. That's, that's right. I can have these pocket full of amazing exercises that mm -hmm. do five, six, seven, eight different things. And, um, right. Yeah. I train people like athletes, you know, uh, whether you, you could have never been an athlete in your life, but being, having those attributes makes you a better human being. So, 
That's yeah, I just I just had a, a good experience this week in clinic. It's treating some guy, and he's like, you know what? I really like the exercise you give me. I'm like, really? It's like, yeah, they actually do something. I feel it. Like, they, they change the way I feel. Yeah. And they're fun. He's like, I've been, you know, I didn't tell you, I've been going to PT this whole time as well because my doctor sent me there, and it's, you know, with my health plan, it's only five bucks a visit. So I thought I'd double up. And, uh, but they had me doing boring stuff. It really doesn't seem to change anything. And I was like, oh, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, oh, well, the first day, they gave me um, one set of 10 glute bridges, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, now I'm at my 10th visit, and they gave me three sets of 10. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. really? He's like, yeah, you burned through glute bridges like in our first. He's like, you, t- you gave me glute bridges as well, but then you moved on to something else on the second visit and something else on the third and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, it's super fu- mm-hmm. fun. It's super engaging. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how it goes, you know? And I would say, honestly, I do the exact same thing. You know, day one is kind of a fact-finding mission. You know, let's, let's try glute bridges. Let's see if you mm-hmm. can get through this. Um, interestingly enough, I actually have a paper out there that I did with one of our sports diplomates. We had a CrossFit athlete. She was a, a 300-pound squatter, and uh, she was having knee pain. She came to us, and, you know, we ran our SFMA on her, and we decided that, you know, glutes were going to be where we attacked, glutes and posterior chain. Yeah. She couldn't do a single one-legged glute bridge on her right side, not one. Wow. So then it was like, wow, all right, well, we found what we got to work on. So everything there was built around that. So she did glute bridges for a little bit, but I've had other people come in who, you know, we started on glute bridges day one, by day two, they're deadlifting, by day three, four, yeah. they're a kettlebell swing. So it's very yeah. individual. And you think about, you know, I think people lose sight of it too. When rehab is boring, I think I'm going to build, make t-shirts to say no boring rehab. Like it's just because it, it doesn't, it's not just the effect of the, you know, the clinical effect of like, did this person get better or how resilient are they against, you know, further injury, all that stuff. If they're bored out of their skulls, why the hell would they come back to your office? I mean, you think about it. Like if I, if I take you Trevor, I'm like, Hey, you know, cause let's say you're doing jits and you, you strain your low back. And I put together rehab and I'm like, okay, we're going to do uh, three sets of 10 bird dogs. And then we're going to do two sets of 10 glute bridges. And you're going to feel great, blah, blah. You're going to be like, I am freaking bored out of my skull. Why the hell would I allow a lot this time for yeah. this boring ass rehab? Like this doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. That's my warm up uh, for my warm up. <laughs> yeah, if, if it's even warm up, yeah. that's my other shirt. I'm going to say, I think I'm trying to perfect the language, but I want to get something that says like sweat glands equals pain relievers. Like, you know, yeah, some, some of that effect. I like it. Yeah. Cause I think if you don't engage the sweat glands, are you really doing rehab would be my question. You know, I don't think so. Honestly, you know, yeah. people leave, people leave our place more often than not. And they're like, man, I didn't know I was going to work out today. It's like, yeah, right. wear your shorts next time. This is what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. You need washcloths, not to clean the tables, but to like wipe their sweat. It's like, oh, wipe we're doing sweat off. Here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you think about person. it, what are, what are we doing with that? You know, is it, is it generalized rehab for a, you know, a, a shoulder strain that they have or a rotator cuff mm-hmm. issue, or are we training the whole human physiology and making this person bigger, faster, stronger than when yeah. they first came in? Well, and I tell people, all I remember, time, I'm I remember watching Charlie Weingroff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just saying, I'm, I feel like I'm in the business of building a better human being, you know? Right. So we're going to work yeah. towards it's that. It's in the, in the great words of, uh, oh man, not Dave Tate. Who's that other big powerlifter guy? Louis Simmons. Johnny Thompson. No, not Louis Simmons. One of his devotees, Mark Ripito. Yeah. And Mark Ripito said, uh, there's a quote like, 
strong people are harder to kill yep. and more useful in general. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah, that's yeah. what I want for my patients. Like, I want, you know, after, you know, within a couple of weeks of your uh, di- getting discharged from my clinic, would your buddy call you to help move a couch? Exactly. And if they look at you and think, oh, you're, you're deadbeat, like you're worthless. I haven't done my job, you know? Yep. But on the flip side, if, uh, if they're like, yeah, I'd call Trevor any day. It's like, okay, I've done a good job because yeah. moving a couch up and down stairs, like can't do that when you're, you have fear avoidance and, and, uh, you know, a posterior chain that doesn't work. <laughs> Correct. It just, Correct. this doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Anyways, what I was going to say about Charlie Weingroff, going back to the shoulder thing, I remember him at a seminar saying, you know, if you, if you have somebody in shoulder pain you put them on a, a, a bike and just give them a pedal to like 95% of their max heart rate, Mm-hmm. Uh, take a 10 minute rest and do it again. So just two 30 second bouts of sprints. You know, he said, what do you think their shoulder pain levels will be afterwards? And you did absolutely nothing for their shoulder, right? Other than just get blood flowing through their heart. And it's like, oh yeah, I guess that's, you know, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's something we talk about to the students quite frequently is, you know, it, if, if nothing else, when you first start, if you have no idea where else to start, Get them moving in some way, shape, or form. Get the, you know, if, if, and I say this all the time, if, if people did their 30 minute walk a day, got their 10,000 steps in a day and had even just a decent nutrition plan, a lot of us would be out of jobs. Yeah, I 100% agree. So, you know, just get them moving, you know, get that, that high intensity work is invaluable for pain modulation too. So, yeah, and I think shaking up their little, Etch a sketch of their little snow globe too of movement. Like we talk about like fear avoidance and all that stuff. But I think just getting them to move differently, which is why uh, there's always this argument about whether foam rollers are useful. Yeah. And I think I think they're incredibly useful because it's like a cueing tool to get people on their side, on their stomach, flipped over, on their back, putting pressure in different areas. I don't think it's a you know that the science is pretty clear. It's not stretching any muscles. Yeah. But getting them to change position or do these like partial, you know, it's like a plank or animal movements. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, had to sneeze. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Getting I mean, to do those different positions and crawl around and move. I see a lot of improvement with that. I just can't get them to do it when they're without a, a device, you know? But it's yeah, absolutely. Like it's a cheap device, cheap intervention. That whole argument over the foam roll has always confused me because I, to me, I've never thought we were doing the things that people are now saying that we weren't doing. I never thought right. we were breaking adhesions or changing tissue line. To me, it was something that was active, that felt good, that got them moving in the beginning of a workout. And it was that simple. And people say it works all the time. So I'm like, I'll keep it, you know? Hey, I, I love hitting the foam roll once in a while, especially if I'm sore, sore going into jiu-jitsu practice. I'll hit the foam roll for five minutes, like, because it feels good. And it's a slow intervention to movement. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think, uh, I think we see eye to eye quite a bit. I know we both teach the SFMA and it's, you know, completely revolutionized my practice. Um, but, uh, as far as like students and, and kind of what you're seeing with the crowd that's coming out, what are some exciting trends? You know, what are some positives you're seeing in the students now that maybe, uh, prior you didn't see so much that you're starting to see emerge like are they is the standard amount of rehab knowledge they have even before they come into your class pretty good like what are what are those high points a lot a lot of them are very good what i'm starting to see is we get a lot of people so 
let me backtrack and explain how my, my role works. I'm not like a lot of the other mod docs here. A lot of the other mod docs get assigned students. Um, if you work for me, we actually hand select those students. They have to apply for positions with me, myself and the Dean, uh, sit down and we go over those and we get, it's, you go out to the beach and you get the telephone poles and like lift them up over your head and on their side and, you know, oh, yeah. six miles and okay, you <laughs> over there, third one in the back. Yeah, you're out, but uh, your buddy in front of you, he won. But we get a lot of people who are exercise physiologists, strength and conditioning coaches have, have a lot of rehab experience and they're just looking to get to hone their skills because uh, the, being the rehab guy, a lot of the mod docs will refer over, you know, either the really complicated cases that need, you know, us to look at pain generators and things like that. Uh, people who need, you know, psychosocial interventions, you know, that usually require graded exposure or uh, the ones who just need to start moving. And what I see is, you know, a lot of these students, they already have great ideas about how they're going to attack each one of those. They just might have questions, you know, along the way of like, you know, I'm not sure about this or am I overthinking this? And so we're getting a lot of great students through the program who are really interested in sports, really interested in rehab. Um, you know, we have, we've had a few rock stars who have come through this program who are out killing it now. So, um, I'm very happy with the way things are going. That's the great. students are very passionate about this aspect. Um, and so my, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so they come out of your thing. Yours is like the last stop on the train to finish all your in-school requirements. Right. And then from basically as they leave your, your doors, they're going to pretty soon be looking for that internship or that, that, you know, experience in a, in a, uh, a community-based clinic. Yeah. What are those rock stars looking for in that? Like obviously education, but what I, like if I want to entice one of those dudes or or women to be like the next great uh, you know intern in my clinic, what do you suggest that we we as pr- practitioners provide or discuss? A lot of them are, are are free thinkers. They're type A personalities. They wanna they want to dive in and they want to get their hands dirty. Um, they want support from what I've seen, but they don't want micromanagement. Um, and that's the avenue. That's how I've always learned the best. Um, that's how I teach the students here is I, I, I actually, I give them the option and say, listen, you know, I don't know how your brain works. If you want to learn by trial by fire, dive in and, and find out what you don't know. Awesome. Let's do that. If you want to sit back and watch and see how we do it for a little bit, that's cool too. I'm not going to pressure you into doing anything, but I want you to succeed and I want you to be passionate about being here. So however you learn the best, let's do that. And what I've seen over the course of time is a lot of them want to dive in and get their hands warm. They want to, you know, they're, they're going to figure out what they don't know. And again, because I do get a lot of application-based students, they're very free to ask questions. They know what it entails. They, they're not shy about what they don't know. So, you know, they're, they're just, As they the kids work. say these days, they knew the assignment. They knew the assignment and they're here to work. Right. And that's the other thing too, is all of the students who work for me are working overtime. They've already done their clinic shift and they're staying an extra five, six hours a day to put in overtime stuff with me because they know that we get the cases that a lot of the other mod docs don't. Like if you're in a regular position as a student intern, you might only see one ACL injury the entire time you're here. I mean, I had, I've had 15, 20 of them in the last year or two. So, you know, you get a much higher exposure to the injury rates. You know, mm-hmm. the rehabbing post-surgical stuff, um, all of it. 
Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, as far as uh, as far as after graduation, I'm sure you keep in contact with a lot of these, uh, yeah, you know, fire breathers. What are they doing after graduation? They want to, you typically work for themselves. There's somebody else they want to, you know, follow around or get experience with, like. You know. I would say it's half and half. Um, okay. A lot of them, uh, a lot of them want to, they, they want to, they don't want to be told what to do. So they go out and they start their own thing. And I know as small as it might be, or as big as it might be, depending on what their situation is, they want to go do their own thing. Um, some of them realize that there's some business aspects that they're, they're not comfortable with. So they want to work for somebody else. But a lot of them, again, they still, they still have that drive to be their own practitioner. Um. And then, I mean, I've had a ton of them who I've just turned over to your page and, you know, pulled up the Facebook page and been like, there actually is an entire Facebook group dedicated to developing this clinic gym hybrid system. Here it is. Check it out. So a lot of them actually pitch that idea, not even knowing that there's, there's something out there to help. I had a great experience the other day, man. I was teaching out in Oregon. I was teaching SFMA in Grants Pass, Oregon and shout out to the Baker brothers and they hosted, the, they just got a kick-ass facility in this just beautiful part of Oregon. I mean, it's just the Rogue River, Rogue River Valley. Nice. Strikingly beautiful. Anyways, um, we were out there and, and teased the whole thing. And on the second day, this cat in the front row is like, you know, I, I really wish, I really, somebody should put together this idea of like working with, you know, trainers and chiros or PTs and like, making it all work as a business and, and, and like in the same facility, I just think there'd be so much. And I'm looking at the, the Nick and Nate Baker and Keith Yoho and we're like, who are all familiar with the page. <laughs> Sorry about that. And then uh, we're like looking back and forth, like, is this dude punking me right now? Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> and they're like, you know, uh, he has a podcast, you know, Josh here actually talks about that on his page. And they're like, really? Oh, show them the Facebook page, show them the podcast. And they're just like, whoa. And, but the reason I share that is it's very reassuring to tell me I'm on the right path or we as a professional on the right path, because so many people come to that conclusion and then you get the reaction you saw, which is like, oh, there is already a page that talks about that. The idea you know, was born in their mind without that. And then yeah. it you know, comes somewhere else. So it's, uh, yeah. it's quite exciting. I mean, I wish I was around when I was in school because, you know, one of the first jobs I had out of school was a uh, multidisciplinary job. I was a clinic director. Um, We had a PT. We had um, full medical there. We had massage therapists and it was cool. Uh, But one of our offices was tied to a strength and conditioning gym that my boss also owned. And it was funny because one day I was, I I would always go over on my downtime and hang out in the gym. And one of the days he came over to me and he was like, listen, he goes, you know, I know what you want to do. He goes, you want to run a clinic out of a gym and have it be more, do more gym stuff than, than clinic stuff. I said, yeah, man, that's exactly what I want to do. And he goes, I'm telling you, it doesn't work. And I was like, come, all right, come on. And he, I mean, this was probably 2013, 14. And I mean, he just, killed all my hopes and dreams about doing that. And I, and as soon as you started doing this, I remember looking back and I wanted to be like, dude, like send it over to him and be like, you know, what were you talking about? Like people are killing it with this model. So yeah, yeah man, when people do it the right way, it's just like every gym owner in the world that I know would absolutely kill to have a chiropractor in their front room yeah. assessing people and then saying, oh yeah, you need the gym 
two days a week. You need the gym three days. I mean, they would, they would probably pay that person a hundred grand just to do that. Right. Just sit yep. there and kick everybody in the gym. And so the flip side is when we as chiropractors are discharging people, are they they're I mean, how many times in your career do you get the question of this is great. What do I do next? Yeah. Or how do I keep time. this from coming back all the time? And it's like, oh, well, I'm glad you asked. So it makes me think, how much money have we pissed away as a profession by not offering the next thing? Absolutely. I mean, because just from a business standpoint, am I more confident in sending, uh, you know, Jane Doe, uh, John Doe over to LA Fitness to just pick trainers out of the training pool when I have no idea what their background is or what their or philosophy is? Or worse, just do what they think is helpful. Which Yeah, or, yeah exactly. That's, which is worse. Or have that trainer who I've trained, who I know in and out in my facility, who I can just say, now I'm discharging you over here where you're going to continue your success. And if you need me again, you know exactly where to find me. Yeah. Such a, such a, a good point. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, there's just, I mean, I don't want to be like a self aggrandizing. I just think there's so <laughs> much good stuff that that can happen there. there All right. Well, yeah. let me shift gears here. Cause I'm, I'm interested. So what, what it sounds like is, uh, here's my, my suggestion to listeners. If you're looking for that next great intern or associate, I think it'd behoove you to reach out to guys like Trevor and the D max over at Parker and these, you know, make some personal connections with people at, um, at, uh, at these schools because they're seeing those bright spots come through. And in some regard, all those people, they want some leadership. They want some guidance. They want some like, Hey man, come to here. You have this opportunity. You know, yeah. Jason Holm at, uh, out in Nashville, get, there's no chiropractic college around him yet. He gets amazing candidates from, from Logan and Parker and a bunch of other schools, Cleveland. Yep. So I think he's doing the right thing. So here's what I would do. Uh, Trevor, what's your favorite bourbon? Bourbon. Ooh, I, I like, I like bullet. All right. Yep. So everybody listening, if you want a great intern, go ahead and <laughs> go buy a, you know, whatever it is, $60 bottle of, of bullet. Uh, and then on the back of it, tape a post-it note and say, Trevor, I'm interested in a great intern. Here's my phone number. And then go ahead and mail it over to Trevor and, you know, magic may happen, right? That, that would be amazing. Um, if you don't yeah. want to drop the 60, you can just shoot me an email and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll yeah, see what I have. I'm off the you. hook. I, I would yeah. do the, I've actually done that. There's a, a vendor I use and I bought them all. They were talking about drinking. So I bought them all a couple decent bottles of tequila and I put our name on it so that we would always get the. We, it's a place where we get like all of our mail and all our stuff, you know, PO box. Yeah. But sometimes stuff we wouldn't be sorted right or whatever. As soon as I dropped off that tequila with our, our mailbox number on it, it's amazing how much the service improved. Things just change. Yep, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it greases the wheels. Anyways, uh, let's go to this. So you are an athlete yourself. You're, you're rolling jits. And if you don't mind my asking, how, how old are you these days? Just turned 40 on uh, July 15th. All right. So you're well within that age of like, Hey, I got some training experience, but I'm also starting to get the number of birthdays that mean things just don't recover like they used to. Right. Yeah. And I can attest to that because I, uh, I injured my knee about a month and a half ago. Um, mm. got x-rays on it just the other day, probably looking at an MRI next week. Um, I definitely don't bounce the way I used to. Um, yeah. I remember when, you know, doing the same thing when I was 22, 23, be back on the mats in three or four yeah. days and just tough it out. Now it's like, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it brings up a good point. As, as you've kind of gone through and been an athlete yourself, dealing with these older, these uh, gray hair kind of injuries, right? Yeah. Uh, what have you learned that's changed the way you practice or, or a focus on certain things as far as the way you practice and treat patients of that same kind of older? 
Because I'll tell you what, the number one market, if, you, if you're out there and you're thinking of open at a clinic, gym hybrid, and you don't know what market to go after, that over 40 athletic crowd is the best market. It's growing and they have something that you want as a business owner, which is called money. Yeah. 25-year-olds are broke ass. They're wondering if they can pay for next month's jujitsu class, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You are not, yeah. You're not worried about that. You're, wor- you're wondering about privates or what, you know, what treatment can I get? What can, you know, what gi do I want to use? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that gets overlooked. And if you look at like Alloy, our friend Rick Mayo runs uh, the Alloy franchise. That's the market they're focused on because it's just, you know, the functional training means so much more to them. They'll do anything you want. They just don't want to get injured. And they yeah. have the money to pay for your services. Yeah. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate, depending on how you look at it, fortunate, unfortunate enough, where I've been injured in almost every way, shape and form between wrestling, football, jujitsu. So I can sympathize with these people and, you know, I can give them firsthand experiences like, yeah, I actually did what you're complaining of last month, two months ago. Um, you know, and I can basically explain to them, like, you know, it does take a little bit longer. You will get better. We're going to come back. Injury is an opportunity to come back bigger, faster, stronger, right? We know that there was a weak link now. We're going to make sure that weak link is no longer weak. And, you know, like with jujitsu and contact sports and combat sports, there's inevitable injuries that will happen because it's contact. Um, you know, we always, always work in fighting as hard as we can to, to prepare people to deal with the non-contact injuries. Um, you know, so we do the best that we can there, but those are, those can be inevitable too. So, um, I think just, you know, as I get older, I can sympathize with people a whole lot more and say, you know what, we don't bounce like we used to. We need to keep training so that we are more durable and, uh, just do the best that we can. Yeah. Well, I, I dig it. Um, let me ask you this question. I've, I've been wondering this for a while. You are famous in one world because you are, uh, strangely, what would you call that? Partially associated with Joe Rogan, right? Okay. Uh, what, what, like, uh, what would you call that? A derivative of an association with Joe Rogan, right? So the, mm-hmm. the, what I'm talking about for everybody listening is there's a, what would you call it? A, a, a training tool called the Iron Neck? The Iron Neck, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And there's a commercial that Iron Neck produced and it has two people prominently uh, displayed. It's Joe Rogan talking about the Iron Neck. And immediately they go to this world famous uh, chiropractor who does jujitsu, which is Trevor Shaw, which that I'm interviewing right now. So I always say like, you're, oh man, what is that term? I'm trying to think of the word anyways, where you're, you know, this tiny little sliver of how you're associated with Joe Rogan. Yep. Uh, yep. Anyways, uh, I got this kind of weird question for you. Sometimes yeah. our patients come in and they're like, hey, I found this blank and it insert commercially available device there, right? Mm-hmm. I had a patient, I found out, I bought this thing on an infomercial called the Ab Dolly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my wife uses this thing called the Fascia Blaster. Um, you know, you see people doing these hypervolts, right? Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, I don't want to discourage them from any form of self-care. Like if yeah. you're willing to do self-care, you're going to have to work hard for me to tell you to stop doing it. You yeah. know, even if I'm like, oh, okay, that thing's a one trick pony, but whatever. It's just like, hey, if you invest the time, like it's better. So you have the iron neck, which mm-hmm. I would say you have an intimate understanding of the cervical spine, both academically and uh, in real world application, right? Yeah, you got to have a strong neck. Bashed, kicked, stepped on, twisted, grabbed, <laughs> choked, rolled, uh, you know, all that stuff. Yep. Closed chain and open chain, you've used yours uh, both. Yep. 
what is your what have you learned since you probably get a lot of questions about the iron neck now what have you learned about how do you balance your knowledge of SFMA being like hey there is a specific reason everybody their their own unique reason that everybody has their injury mm-hmm. and then this tool that any mass po- uh, mass produced tool has to kind of fit everybody into some tighter buckets so I think, I think I separate it based off of injury and level of injury. Um, okay. I always talk about, you know, five out of 10 on the pain scale dictates kind of where we're going to go. Um, and there, I have no literature to support it, but typically, you know, people come in, they're five out of 10 plus. We're looking at pain generators. We're going to try to figure out what structures are problematic for them. Mm-hmm. If they come out of five or 10 below, I take a much more generalized approach and say, we're probably looking at something more that looks like strength and conditioning from the beginning versus pain modulation. So if people are coming in and they're not in a terrible amount of pain and they want to do something, just like you said, I I will discourage anybody from being active. Uh, You know, I want them to be safe. Uh, But again, you know, I said before, I'm going to assume you're durable until you you show me that you're not. So, you know, people come in like, Hey, I saw this iron neck. Uh, You know, the first thing I'm going to ask is, well, why do you want that? And what do you think it's going to do for you? You know, my fighters, I'm like, yeah, get it. It's the best thing that you're going to put on you. That It's the best other investment that you're going to make in your own training because I made a comment. Um, I actually got called out for that by somebody on the, uh, the FTCA website. Um, basically said it was the, the dumbest thing that they've ever seen. And I was like, listen, I work with guys who need necks stronger than you could possibly imagine between tie clinching and wrestling and headlocks and chokes. Well, they didn't actually post their full opinion. It was... That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen when I was discussing it with my mom in her basement uh, where I live, you know, like they they just didn't type out the whole line there, but they didn't type out the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. They didn't type out. I've never done jujitsu comma. And this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. You know, am I going to throw that on somebody day one after they have a whiplash injury? Definitely not. But you know, if you come in and you're like, you know, I've been living with this chronic two out of three, three or, you know, two out of 10, three out of 10 pain the last couple of years, you know, I'm active, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Well, maybe we need to get you strong. You know, after we've ruled out mobility issues, we deal with these motor control issues. Maybe it's just about getting strong again. And, uh, like you said before, you know, strong things are harder to break. And, um, you know, I live in a world where again, people need really, really strong necks. So if one of my fighters comes to me and like, you know, doc, what do you think about this coach? What do you think about this? Do it. If their average patient comes in, they're like, you know, I'm thinking about this we have the conversation of why and what their expectations are, but nine times out of 10, I'm like, yeah, if you want the money and you want to spend it on that, go for it. It's not going to hurt whether it's actually going to get you the answers you want. Could be trial and error. It's funny. uh, There's a, you know, a a synonym to this that I see in the world of golf fitness. I love golf fitness and, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Rory McIlroy, whom I'm sure you've heard of him as a famous golfer. He walks around probably at 130, 135 pounds, but on the tour, he plays, he's listed as like 155 and, you know, he sits around there. And now what is that extra 20 pounds for? Well, dude has like some of the fastest pelvic motions ever recorded in the history of 3D motion capture, right? Mm -hmm. So his pelvic motion is like unbelievably fast. So in doing that, if I told you, hey, this guy's pelvis moves lightning fast, you as a chiropractor, would you be worried about that fast movement? Well, if he moves fast and he's weak, that sounds problematic. 
Mm-hmm. If he moves fast yet he's strong, that's not a problem, right? Yeah. But so many people see him doing deadlifts and you know uh, RDLs and and Cossack squat Cossack squats or and they start oh he doesn't need to do all that stuff he's going to get slow and it's like no I don't know any weightlifting that's ever slowed anybody down I, I'm still no. looking for that no I don't think and there's any literature say, to support that either yeah but I don't care what the science says I care about how I feel you know yeah yeah yeah. Um, uh, but the flip side is like, you know, as he does those things, how else are you going to keep 20 extra pounds of muscle on him other than doing big ass exercises like deadlifts, trap bars, already like all the, the big lower bodies. Yeah. You have to, yeah. right? You have to. And I would argue that maybe if he's doing those things and he still has the fastest hip speed, maybe one helped him with the other. Right. You know, and then you think like from a resiliency negative. standpoint, that dude's got to do that incredible hip speed, not once or not one event, like a 400 meter, you know, sprint at the Olympics where you're doing one of those a day. Mm-hmm. He's got to do it every drive he takes. And, you know, he's a guy that plays a lot of, he makes the cut a lot. So he plays a lot of Sundays. So he's going to start his tournament Wednesday. Then there's usually a pro-am and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So four days in a row, you want him to perform that at the highest level. So if I were to take a major league pitcher and have him pitch four days in a row, yeah. A, I would be thrown out of Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People would think I'm pissing this away. Yep. But B, would you rather see, I don't know who the best pitcher in baseball is right now, but if you want to yeah, look at their arm and their trunk, do you want to see a lot of muscle or do you want to see a skinny-ass dude? Now, like Randy Johnson, look, you know, he makes uh, uh, Willie Nelson look well-muscled. You know, It's yeah. totally fine. But you inherently need all that muscle to control it. So anyways, if you want that repeatability and the ability to maintain it, I don't know another way to strength. And yet all these jack offs are saying like, oh, he's, you know, he shouldn't have all that. He doesn't need to be doing deadlifts. And I want to say like, then what does he need? Yeah, right. Expert. You know? What is uh, he need That's to? not the one. Then what is it? And yeah. oh, well, he just bubble in. It's like, because just sitting on his ass and just waiting until his back hurts is not an option. Well, and people like to use outliers as the example, as the, the main example all the time. And like, well, so-and-so didn't have to do it and they were great. Well, there's a reason that every major sports team Every major, I mean, I shouldn't say every, but 99% of the, the professional athletes on the planet have personal trainers, have strength and conditioning coaches, have these things because it works. Yeah. It's, yeah, it works. I mean, some yeah, I mean, I'd just, like to add up all the winnings of all the guys that work with a trainer three times a week or more. Yeah. And add up all the winnings of people that don't travel with a trainer and just see where we're at. Yeah. And, you know, you're, like I said, you're going to have some outliers uh, who, who can do it no matter what they don't need the muscle. They don't need the training. They're just freak athletes, but those are so few and far between it's less than 1%. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm glad we're in agreement here. I'm not, I'm not crazy. You're, no. you're on the, I'm on the West coast, together. you're on the East coast and we still agree on this. So that's all I need. That's all I need yep. to confirm <laughs> ideas. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us. Uh, I think that point about the commercial device, you know, like, do you need, can that work right now? Or do you need an exam? I think that's important because, you know, that, that could just be a, a training program. So if you're like, Hey, we're doing a six week, um, you know, six week throwing speed workshop in our gym for baseball, high school baseball pitchers, mm-hmm. you're going to need, you can't do individualized. It's just yeah. so hard to make money with that, especially in a high school population where they can't pay a lot. But you can always say like, here's our cut line. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if you have pain that increases and gets over four out of 10, tell me we're going to individualize because group just won't work for you. So one of the things I talk about with exercise all the time is, listen, you got to leave here feeling the same or better. Mm-hmm. If you feel worse when you leave, I did something wrong. I did something wrong with our planning, mm-hmm. with our program, with our exercise selection. But if you leave here and you feel the same or better, awesome. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to layer on volume. We're going to layer on intensity and strength. So, you know, in a group setting like that, it's very simple to be like, guys, anything bothers you afterwards, let me know. We'll take a deeper look at it. Yeah. So it's a good point. And, and push it as hard as you can, because if your program gets known as, oh man, that's the place you go to build arm strength. Mm-hmm. And most people leave feeling the same or better every day. You got something hot and you're, you're going to explode, right? Exactly. I, yeah, I agree. Absolutely explode. So, all right, homie. Well, I really appreciate it. Throw out your email address in case there are people listening. Go, hey, I want an intern or I want to, I want to hire an associate. How can they best get a hold of you? So probably the college email is the best one to go to. It's trevor.shaw1 at palmer.edu. And that's Shaw, S-H-A-W. Correct. Trevor.shaw1. Yep. The number right, one. So that's your first name, your last name, and your ranking is who's a strength ranking at the university, right? Oh, for sure. Number one. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We got to, we don't want to catch you slipping going Trevor.shaw97, you know, then, no, oh shit, I need to get back in the home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor.shaw1 at palmer.edu. That's it. All right. Cool. Fantastic. All right, Trevor. Well, we really appreciate it. And I appreciate anytime you want to jump into the, the Facebook group and answer questions, write suggestions, or post about some experience with the interns and whatnot. Because I think we as providers need that kind of, um, it's tough to keep a pulse on what young providers want or what's going on in the school. So if you wouldn't mind posting some thoughts in there, I'd, I'd certainly sure. appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Cool, man. All right. Well, uh, as we always do, <clears throat> let me wrap this up by saying thanks so much, Trevor. And on behalf of Dr. Trevor Shaw out in beautiful, sunny Florida, this is Dr. Josh Satterly saying, go out there, maximize your license and live the life you dream of. Thanks so much, Trevor. Thank you. Thanks a lot for listening to Clinic Gym Radio. If you're looking for more information about me, about us, about our programs, then just head to clinicgymhybrid.com. Again, that's clinicgymhybrid.com. You can check us out there. Got our accelerator program and a few other programs that will help you get up and running as quickly as possible and making more money while providing excellent active therapy to your patients.